I'd like to ask you to turn back once again to the book of Galatians as we look at our fourth lesson in the study of this great book. I believe it's something that is beneficial to not only those of us that are gathered here, but it's actually a beneficial study to all who would hear it. We have a problem in our world today in which the Word of God is being watered down. It's been it's been uh, completely done away with in some areas. A lot of times people don't like to hear the old bloody gospel, but that's what it takes to get people saved, amen? It takes the gospel and it takes the same gospel that the, the Apostle Paul brought forth, and that's what we preach today. Paul, as we look at, you know, last week we looked at uh, verses 6 down through verse 10. These five verses of Scripture... Uh, we mainly dealt with, uh, with the, the things that we see in the world today. How, you know, the old truths are being changed by, by men today. By weak men behind the pulpit. I mean, they're beginning to accept uh, all kinds of different things in churches and, and in the way of religion. They're saying, well, I know what the Bible says, but... And when you get that, boy, you're in trouble. So tonight we're going to kind of go back to where we were starting at in verse 6. And we'll go down through verse 10 and give you exactly what the Apostle Paul was referencing here. And he was referencing the gospel message itself. Last week, as I said, we kind of we veered off into some things that we see happening in everyday in everyday world situations now. But Paul was dealing with one thing in particular. In verse 6 down through verse 10, he was dealing with uh, the Judaizers that were coming back and they were, they were uh, inflicting uh, uh, the old way or the old, uh, the old traditions upon these New Testament believers. And... Paul stated something here that I thought was very, very unique. He stated in verse 6, I marvel that you are so soon shaken. Now listen, or removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. Now listen, there's only one true gospel. Many years ago when we were still, when the Beauty Ridge Baptist Church was having their, their Bible conferences, I was assigned one, one year the topic of, of the gospel. And I remember the message that was brought forth was God's gospel. And that's the, the message that I believe is, is so important today. Man is trying to devolve the Word of God and the Gospel message to make it fit the humanistic thoughts and ideas of, of today's society. But there's only one Gospel. Regardless of how you look at it, there's only one way of salvation. And regardless of what you've been told, there's only one means of salvation, one Savior, and that's what we'll deal with here this evening. 
He says in verse 6 again, I marvel that you are so soon removed from Him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As I said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I speak to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should be the servant. I should not be the servant of Christ. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before your throne tonight, we do so with thankful hearts. We thank you, dear God, that you've answered prayer. We thank you, Father, that on behalf of these who are undergoing surgery even at this hour and those who have undergone surgery this, this day, Lord, that your blessing and your you're going to, I pray, bring health and healing to these individuals. Father, we thank you that you have blessed throughout the day and throughout the week. And now, Lord, I pray that you bless your word. Father, I pray that you would empower the word this evening. Lord, if there be those here who do not know thee as Savior, dear God, I'm praying that this might be the day and hour which they believe the true one gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for this church family. I pray, dear God, you would stay Satan's hand, keep him away from her. But Lord, if, he, if he's allowed to, to come in even amongst us, give thy people the power and the strength to overcome and be the Christian that we need to be. Lord, bless our evening. Bless the day. Lord, forgive us our sin. In Jesus Christ's name, and amen. Emmanuel, tonight we are revisiting the verses that we covered in last week's lesson. In last week's lesson, I mainly dealt with the aspects of changing God's word or the teaching that certain positions of or certain positions of God's word is irrelevant in today's society. You know, I've heard that before. Preacher, you just need to get up with the times. You need to get with the with the current events. Well, folks, that's what gets people in trouble to begin with, especially when you're dealing with the Word of God. You got to stay with the with the same thing that got you to where you're at. Amen. I mean, why change it now? Why veer veer off into some unknown where the stones are still laying in the path? The Bible states that uh, concerning the Word of God. And concerning the way of salvation that the stones have already been cast out. In other words, the path has been cleared. The way is set for you. And that's what we're intending to cover this evening. So as I look at God's Word, God's Word was not only for yesteryear, but it's for all time and eternity. I've heard people say, well, the Old Testament no longer has a, has a place in today's modern church. Well, folks, I beg to differ with you. This whole book is to be brought before the people of God. 
As a matter of fact, the Bible states that, listen, if I preach not the whole counsel, you know what? That's an awful atrocity for the New Testament church today. But I want you to look at these things and notice what Paul says here. And first of all, I want you to, I want you to notice that first line. I marvel that ye are so soon removed. Now, I want to stop right there for just a moment. Is that not what we see going on in, in America today? People that are just so quick to lay down the traditions, to step away from the, the teachings, the old Word of God, and, and, and the old uh, practices of the church. People are so willing today to, to just drop it all just for the sake of, of numbers or or for the sake of a bank account or, or whatever. You know, I've heard people say, well, preacher, you're going to run people off preaching like that. If you're preaching against sin, you're going to cause people to leave. Listen, I want you to know something. That's what needs to be brought out today. A preaching against sin. But here, the Apostle Paul stated this. And listen what he says. He says, I am, in other words, I'm shocked. You know what, folks? I want you to know something. I've seen some churches that have stepped away from sound truths and I've been shocked. I've seen some men of God, I'm, I'm talking about preachers that, that once stood for the faith, once stood for the things that we cherish. I've seen them kind of move over to the left side a little bit just to accommodate certain ones in the church. Listen folks, that's what gets a church in trouble. Paul stating here, I'm shocked that you have so soon removed from the truth of the Word of God. I'm shocked. I marvel, he says. In other words, he is confused what took place here. The Apostle Paul was stating, you surprised me with your soon loss of importance. How could you walk away from that what you have been taught? Paul was stating here, you should have stood firm against the change that was taking place. Paul had instructed them after being saved by the grace of God that they were under the grace of God now. No longer were they tied or in other words shackled to the law. Now let me state this now. I want you to know this. The law is good. The law is appropriate for us to get a hold of and to learn and to understand and to live by. But listen, the law is not meant to save an individual. The law is only meant to point you to the fact that you are a sinner and in need of salvation and in need of the grace of God that passeth all understanding. That's what you need here uh, this very hour is the grace of God. In Romans in chapter 6, if you'll go back for just a moment. Romans in chapter 6 in verse 17 and 18. Here the Bible says this, But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. What form of doctrine is the Apostle Paul talking to these Christians in Rome about? He's talking to them that form of doctrine of the gospel message. And the Bible says here in verse 18, Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. 
Now in Galatians 4 and 9, again, we see these same truths and these same thoughts and ideas. In Galatians 4 and 9, the Bible says, But now, after that you have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements? And what is being said here, how in the world, why do you want to go back? Why do you want to go back? Why do you want to go back into uh, these things that shackled you? This yoke of bondage that was around your neck. Why do you want to go back to that? In Acts chapter 15, we'll go over here for just a moment now, and then we'll look at this. And I want you to think about this now. In Acts chapter 15. <clears throat> Acts in chapter 15 and verse 10 and 11. The Bible says this. Now now look at this. I get myself in the right chapter here. Acts chapter 15 verse 10 and verse 11. The Bible says, Now therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. You know, uh, the Bible speaks about the fact that those that are keeping, trying to keep the law, that if you offend the law in one spot, you've offended the whole law. And what's being stated here is the simple fact is, how in the world can you, how can you, Expect this out of the Gentiles when we can't do it ourselves. Now notice what he says here. Verse 11. But we believe that through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Why go back to being held captive by the, by the law, so to speak? God has set you free. And in John chapter 8, it talks about that in verse 32. In verse 31, the Bible says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. Now, here are some Judaizers that believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. They believed the gospel. They were saved by the grace of God. And Jesus said this, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Down on, just drop on down just a little bit for the sake of time. We, we go into this uh, uh, seed of Abraham and how, how a lot of times people, people would look at their fact of their lineage and they would think that they're all right. Listen, because they had, uh, they had the law on their side and what have you. But he says in verse 36, If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. So tonight, you know, Paul was asking the question, why do you want to revert back? You know, I don't know about you, but I thank the Lord tonight, and I say that in a reverent way, but I thank the Lord tonight that I don't have to come up here and bring an animal in and, and slaughter it and, and let its blood spill upon the altar. Or, or, you know, of course, we don't have an altar here, but there are churches that lay claim to the fact that they've got an altar. Listen, 
There's no altars in the New Testament church. It was done away with when Jesus Christ, uh, a last sacrificial gift was given. That altar was done away with, okay? You're no longer bound to the altar. You're no longer bound to the, to the, uh, to that, to that ritual because Jesus Christ put an end to it. Today, you know, you have people say, well, come to the altar and, and you can pray through or, or whatever the case. And if you came to the altar the way that they came to the altar and offer yourself, you're in trouble, big boy. You're in trouble. You're, in, you're going to set yourself up to be slaughtered because that's what the altar is all about. That's what the altar was for. Now, think about that. Why do you want to go back to that? That's what Paul was saying. Why do you want to go back to that? Now, secondly, how can you rely upon that which saves not? Galatians in chapter 1, verses 6 again, and down through verse 7, this, this states something for us that I think you need to get a hold of. In the, the latter part of verse 6, he says this. Well, let's just read it all. I marvel that you are so soon removed from Him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Number one, he's stating, I'm shocked that you're removed from the God of heaven. Then he says, which is not another. Folks, I want to stop right there for just a moment. There are those in, the, in our society today that say that we're all going to the same place, just different, different roads. There's no truth to that. There's only one way to heaven. There's only one path to the Almighty. Listen, there's only one path that's going to lead you to a life of forgiveness of sins. And John, and in the book of John in chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus Christ says, I'm the way. Folks, that's, that's all you need to know right now. Jesus says, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I am the life. Listen, I want you to know that's what he says today. There's where you need to lay your trust at. In Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Listen, He says in verse 7 again, which is not another. There are those that are saying, you can get to heaven just as long as you're serious, you can get there anyway. Folks, I want you to know something. There's a lot of serious people going to find themselves in a devil's hell one day. They were serious about their salvation. They were serious about their religion. But it led them straight to hell. There's a lot of folks today that are serious about living the right life, and, but they're thinking it's going to get them to heaven. When they're going to get there, they're going to find out when they get to the end of the way. Listen, the holiness way was not the right way. Unless you were saved by the grace of God to begin with, that's what makes the difference. Paul is stating once again the way of salvation. Jesus Christ reminds us in John 14 and 6 that He was the way of salvation. And it was through Him that salvation came. He says, I am the way. What is said over in Acts? Acts in chapter 4, verse 12, I believe the Bible says, there's no other name given under heaven whereby men must be saved. What name was that? Jesus. It wasn't Abraham. You know, a lot of times they were going back and they were saying, well, we're, we're a father Abraham. We, we know what we've got. Yeah, you know what you got. All you got's a name. There's a lot of people today in churches that only have a name. They don't have a heart change. There's a lot of people today who only have a name that they're saved, but yet they're not really saved. 
because they didn't come that way. They didn't come that way. In Isaiah 64 and 6, I believe it is, the Bible states that all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags in the sight of the holy God of heaven. Folks, I want you to know something. Our good works will not save us. Today's good works will not save mankind. Titus in chapter 3, verses 5 down through verse 7 makes that very plain. Listen, we're not saved by works of righteousness which we have done, but we're saved by the, by the washing and regenerating of our minds and our hearts. Let's go on over and look at that and, and, and read this in, in Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. The Bible states this, Not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. Amen? Listen, we could not work enough to get our salvation. How was He saved? By His mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which is shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Now, he didn't say you were justified by your good works, did he? He didn't say that you were justified by, by all these acts that, that man, mankind today is trying to pull for salvation. As a matter of fact, in the, in the last uh, uh, thought of, of what uh, Paul was stating here, he says, man, if anybody tells you that there's another way to heaven, let them be accursed. In verses 8 and 9, as a matter of fact, he says the same thing, so it kind of makes you set up and listen, because when he repeats himself, he listen, you need to know that it's serious. There's only one way of salvation. And if any man tells you any other thing, he says to let him be accursed. Do you understand that a man that preaches any other gospel, you can't even bid him Godspeed? That's what the Bible says. That ain't this preacher's words, that's God's words. You know, like when you tell somebody, uh, you know, God bless you. You know, I can't tell you God bless you if you're not preaching the same gospel I am. People look at me when they say God bless you and they, I don't say nothing back. I, I say, well, you have a good day or something. You know, I ain't trying to be a smart aleck, but the Bible says you can't even bid them Godspeed if they're not preaching the same gospel. If they're trying to preach another gospel. If we're trying to say that you can get saved by baptismal regeneration, listen, that's another gospel. That's a foreign gospel that is not the gospel. If they're telling you that you can get saved by church membership alone, listen, there are a lot of churches today that all you got to do is join and get yourself on the church row and you'll be all right. Listen, that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. That'll lead you straight to hell. There are those that preach the gospel of the kneeler's bench or praying through for salvation. Listen, nowhere in the Bible does it even speak of that. Now listen, I understand that in Romans in chapter 10 it tells us that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But listen, it's not a fight for you to get through the prayer uh, and fighting with the Lord and finally winning out and, and getting saved. That's not how salvation comes. Salvation comes when faith is entered into the heart. And who gives you that faith? It's not anything that you have of your own. You say, well, how, do you, how can you say that? 
Because the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. What's, why is he saying that? Because man has no faith. You know, it's just like, it's just like, uh, it's just like the individual that said one time, there's a spark of goodness in every man. Not according to God's word. God's word says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And there is none good, no, not one. Now that's the Bible. Man said there was a spark of goodness, not God. You see what I'm saying, how things change? Do you see how that, that little thing changing right there puts man in charge of his salvation? Do you see that? Man is not in charge of salvation. Listen, you cannot be saved just because you said, I think it's time to be saved. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says salvation, number one, is of the Lord. Amen? Salvation is of the Lord. Now, as you look at this and, and you understand that there are those that say, well, listen, you just come up and you pray through. Listen, that's not the gospel that the Bible preaches. There are those that say, listen, uh, uh, what's, what else do I have written down here? Uh, okay. There are two or three sects that do this. That as long as you're good, outweighs you're bad. You'll be all right. Folks, good works is not going to do it for you. That's a foreign gospel. Matter of fact, it's not even a gospel. A gospel is the good news. You don't have no good news. I'm sad. To, I'm sorry to tell you, but no, I'm not sorry to tell you. You got to know, works will not save you. Works can never save you. Salvation is dependent upon the God of heaven. As a matter of fact, in the book of John, for those that disagree with the sovereign grace doctrine, listen. The Bible states that. That Jesus Christ came to save those, die for those whom the Lord had given him. And he also stated that there are those that were not of this fold who were yet going to come. How did he know they were going to come? Because he's going to draw them. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says you were drawn into salvation. It wasn't up to you. Listen, being drawn, and, and, and I'll say this, being drawn tells me that you had to be held captive. Folks, I want you to know something. I was held captive when I was saved by the grace of God. The Holy Spirit got a hold of me. Just like he's got a hold of some folks in here. Listen, you know this. The Holy Spirit is dealing with you even tonight. Listen, he's drawing you unto himself. He's drawing you to the Father. That's what the John, chapter, John chapter 6 and verse 63 is all about. It's the Spirit that quickeneth. The spirit that quickeneth. That's the gospel that makes a difference. Listen, there are those in the world today that are still saying, listen, that you could pay your way in. No. No, you can't. You can take all the money in the world and you can put it back there in that box if you can get it to fit. And it's not going to get you to heaven. Folks, I want you to know Salvations of the Lord. Now go one more step farther. You know, the Baptists have been ridiculed and slain and, and tortured because of rebaptism. I will not give that up. Our forefathers who, who went through the dark ages here, 
They were slaughtered. They were torn asunder. They were, they were quartered and drawn. They were sawn asunder. They were put in logs and split with a saw. They were put in vats of oil and boiled alive. And listen, they done, they were done that way. And after watching their children go through the same thing, you see, they had a wicked way of, of torture in those days. They would, uh, they would have the children to watch the parents. They would put the children right up front there. Watch, watch the parents as they would, they would die some of the most atrocious deaths that you can imagine. And then they would turn the table. They would put the parents and watch their children. That's how wicked the society was in that day. Folks, I'll not recant on the baptism issue. I will not back up on the baptism issue. And listen... You understand this, that these little babies here don't need to be sprinkled. They need to be brought up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. And there's coming a day when they're going to hear the gospel for the first time and God's going to save them. Then they can be baptized. These are all perversions of God's true gospel message. Baptismal regeneration, church membership, paying, paying uh, your tithes, uh, praying through good works. You know, all these things are perversions of God's gospel. Especially if that's all they're being used for. Now listen, baptism has its place and it's right. As a matter of fact, it's a church ordinance. If someone's saved by the grace of God, they need scriptural baptism. Scriptural. Not spiritual, but scriptural. Listen, you understand the difference there. Scriptural means that it comes, the baptism comes from an authorized church and body. There's, and we've gone over this in church history. There is one church that was authorized to preach the gospel because they had the right message. They were authorized to baptize because Christ given the authority. There's it. There's, there's the. You see, this is stuff that's not taught in churches no more. Church, you need to keep a hold of that. They were, they were, they were authorized to baptize and then to teach them the all things because they had the same doctrines that was taught by Jesus Christ and the apostles. Now, the Baptist name, listen, it does go all the way back to Jesus Christ. He, I mean, John the Baptist was there. I mean, Christ called him the Baptist. But that's not where the church actually got its name. The church, as I, told, as I pointed out last week, was given all kinds of different names down through the ages. They were given all kinds of different names, all the way down to the Waldensians there in Germany. And I told you... I have a fifth great grandfather back that was that was a German Baptist preacher during the 1600s. Folks, I want you to know something. That means something to me. That means something to me. And as a matter of fact, I can just say that and it puts chills on me because I wonder. I don't know. I don't know all the history of him yet. But listen, I wonder if his family went through some hardships. I wonder if their families went through some hardships. Because of the baptism thing. Listen folks. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10. 
Paul ended this statement with saying this, should I please man or God? What are we doing? Listen, I know some of the things that I teach does not, <laughs> is not appealing to man's idea. It's not appealing to men today, you know, especially in this new age uh, church movement that you have. People don't think you ought to preach on on a, a, a strict code of, uh, of membership. I believe, I believe a church member ought to be in the house of God and they ought to be serving in the house of God and they ought to be living, living their lives where they can serve in the house of God. I believe that's the way it ought to be, amen? That's true. That's the way it ought to be. I believe also that a church should be taught the all things and they should be grounded in the truth. Now, the sad fact of the matter is so many churches today do not have an idea about what I just spoke on. They don't have a clue when it comes to church authority. Local church truths. Listen, these are things that are important to me. That's the reason why just here a little while back we went over a whole series of local church truths. Folks, it's important to keep it because Paul said, listen, don't let, it, don't, don't let these things slip. You stick to the stuff. You stay true to the word, and God will bless you. And God has blessed this church, folks. I want you to know that God has blessed this church, and I thank the Lord for it. It ain't because of me, but it's because that this church down through the ages has stood by the stuff. Folks, keep standing by the stuff. Let's all stand, please.